What's going on, guys? This is the William Knows Nothing Show, and I'm your fucking host, William. I like to go by Will, by the way. <laughs> so today's guest is a sparring partner of mine's. She's also a training partner, I should say. Uh, I learned from her as well. She's a great instructor. Uh, but yeah, she's an amateur MMA fighter with a record of 4-0. She's an assistant instructor at Delaware Dragon MMA over at Newark, Delaware. She's also an instructional, uh, can't even say it, instructional design coordinator at her workplace. Man, we 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 did a lot in this episode. We talk about a lot of things. But to sum it up, we go into her her uh martial arts school, like her 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 uh instructors there what she trains and all that we talk about movies we talk about the love for the office we talk about uh sparring of course the juggling of her job her training teaching fighting schedule like she's she's uh great man she she does a lot and i love it's crazy when people do a lot of things and still manage to just do the thing that they love to do in life uh she talks about her past teaching experiences before martial arts uh we pretty much uh talk about her what what she got what got her started training in martial arts cross training experiences clicks in other gyms and more like we just go all over the place i mean it's not like completely unorganized but it's the way my brain works guys you guys who have listened to any of my other episodes with other guests you know how it is <laughs> It's my brain. It's a twister, man. Just, it's great. But, yeah, without further ado, I welcome my amazing guest and training partner, Becca the Giraffe Evans. Evans. <laughs> That's a classic UFC reference for those that know what the fuck I'm talking about. Bolander, Bolander. <laughs> That's enough. Anyway, to the show. All right, Becca, how you doing? Good, good. Cool. Um, so you're you just came out of uh, teaching class at your uh, your gym. What is it, Delaware? De- uh, Delaware Dragons MMA. Yeah, Delaware Dragon Martial Arts. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that a uh, is where's that at exactly in Delaware? So we're located in Newark. We're actually pretty close to the University of Delaware. We're like two miles outside of the actual kind of center of Newark. Oh, okay. Uh, how long have you been training there? I've been there. We're coming up on six and a half years now. Oh, word. Yeah. Were they, how, do you know how long they were open? It's not a test. Uh, in, in total, we've been open uh, for about 16 years. Wow. That's cool. 16, 17 years. Yeah. Nice. Um, like, yeah. My coach opened it up. He was actually a uh, student at University of Delaware. Um, he went to school for, he did a dual major of business and philosophy. Um, and when he was 20, 22 he opened up his school wow that's cool yeah 
What yeah. did he uh, train in exactly? <laughs> More of a what didn't he train in? Uh, <laughs> so he, he's been uh, training since he was three years old. His dad um, got in martial arts as a three-year-old. Um, his dad trained in an art called Aki-Jitsu, which is what I've been told. It's basically, if you think Aikido, Aikido is a lot of throws and wrist locks. It's also been called a gentle art. Aki-Jitsu is the combative, uh, more militarized version of it. Um, so he started him off, I believe, in that. Um, and then he, um, as he got a little bit older, got into Taekwondo. Um, ITF Taekwondo, which is the North Korean version, and it's not North Korean like the modern day. Um, North Korean as in it's more self-defense oriented. It's more what you see uh, teaching uh, in the military uh, and less of a sport uh, Taekwondo. Uh, right. So he's belted in that. He's belted in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's uh, belted in Aikido. And he also holds rank in Kali or Arnis, which is Filipino stick fighting. Wow. <laughs> That's dedication right there. And he's also a uh, certified uh, Yado uh, sword instructor, which is the Japanese short and long sword. Oh, that's cool. I took yeah, uh, so there you go. No, you're good. No, you're good. Oh, okay. Now, I was going to say, I took a couple classes for, um, what do you call it, stage combat? And it uh, was, uh I forget. It, I know it was broadsword and shield, unarmed, and I think it was longsword. Because uh, I was an actor when I was uh, in my 20s, and I wanted to learn how to fight in that way, <laughs> to to pretend fight on stage. It was fun. Yeah, yeah my uh, my main sparring partner uh, in one of my other uh, corners for when I fight, he um, he actually he went to he did like a stuntman like course, so he did, he did all that stuff too. He actually um, is working on a movie up in Philly. Uh, it's a zombie movie called Criers. Mm -hmm. uh, all, all the actors are local. He helped uh, choreograph all of their fight stuff because he's a Del he's also a Delaware State Police officer. Uh, and when he was in college in his twenties, he did some uh, stuntman work, and then he got kind of brought back into it recently and did other choreography for um, some fight scenes. And he showed them, you know, this is how you hold a, a gun, and this is how you shoot in clear rooms and stuff like that. Hmm. So. Uh, He's been he's been talking a lot about his uh, showing me a lot of his um, choreographed stuff. Right. Yeah, that's something else I wanted to do when I was younger. Uh, I, I I've kind of given up on my filmmaking goals and all that. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to do something like that. Still, I don't know. Uh, maybe I can get in contact with that guy, your 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 uh, sparring partner, whenever I go up there and train with you guys. Yeah, definitely. He. Uh, it's funny because he did a lot of it when he, he was another uh, University of Delaware grad as well. Um, as he got into um, becoming a state trooper and stuff, he pushed all that stuff kind of to the side. He actually grew up with my coach. Um, they did Taekwondo together when they were kids, and they were actually in the same Boy Scout group. And oh. then they, re they were always kind of like, you know, kept in touch throughout the years. And then when I got back into fighting – um, or when I, when I got into fighting, not back into fighting, um, he brought him back in as a sparring partner because he had a really solid um, kickboxing and boxing background because he had some amateur fights and, and things like that. And some of that stunt work and stuff kind of fell to the wayside. But one of his 
fellow uh, state police officer um, wanted to do some stunt work and everything. So he kind of got pulled him back into it a little bit. And then he ended up landing this, uh, this zombie movie gig. Um, mm. And mostly as kind of the, the stunt guy and stuff. But they recently had an actor quit on them after they filmed basically the entire movie. Oh, boy. Filming was supposed to wrap up back in August and September. So he was finishing up his stunt scenes um, when I was finishing up my last fight camp. And I was joking with him. I'm like, you told me you were done this movie back in August. He goes, well, they just had a guy, you know, quit on them. So he goes, they bumped me up to that role. So now he's got some speaking stuff and a little bit of a, of a bigger role in it now. Wow. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty cool. That is cool. I'm like, you're going to be more famous than me. <laughs> are you, are you uh, thinking about doing that yourself? Doing some stuff <laughs> work? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cause I, I, I mean, if I have something in mind, I'm, you know, come up with a script, I can put you in it, you know, get your experience. I, now, as a kid, I was a darn good liar, <laughs> but I cannot act to save my life. Okay. And I, if someone gave me a fight scene, I'd probably throw like a real punch or a real kick and get fired immediately. Nah, I think you'd do <laughs> fine. Like the way we, the way we spar, you, you seem to have a, you know, good amount of control in comparison to the guys that really nail it on me sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things like knowing like... I've worked with some, like, pretty big dudes. Um, before my first fight, um, one of the guys that I sparred with pretty consistently, he was, like, I don't know, I want to say, like, 6'4", you know, over 200 pounds. Even, like, he was going light with me. But even a guy who goes that, that light is still hitting pretty damn heavy. Um, so I know what it's like to be hit hard. And I know a lot of the times it's unintentional. It's, you know, newer people sparring. But it still sucks because you you want to stay safe the whole time. You want to be protected. Um, and, like, for me, like, my biggest fear is, you know, to get hurt during a fight camp and have to, you know, tell a promoter, tell my opponent, like, hey, I'm sorry I got hurt. And I just, I don't know. I, I never want to do that to someone. Right. So, I, I've always, you know, one of the things I always heard when I first started sparring is, only hit as hard as you want to be hit back <laughs> so and i and i've been in gyms um before that like you go into and you, you know you're not the person that you're not like a normal student there or even a normal member or whatever and they go hard <laughs> and like most, uh, mo the majority of places you walk into they feel you out first before they you know try to beat you up but i've been to other places where it's like oh it's on like new meat you're you know let's see how tough this person is and that sucks like i don't like to me, as as also an instructor and a, and a business partner that helps run a school, that's not how you get students. You know, you right. don't want you know, people you know getting hurt. And for me, safety is is big. Right, that, I agree with that. I'm I'm the same way. Um, this is why you see me pulling back my kicks a lot, even with the guys. Uh, they tell me not to do that, but I still, I don't know, I have a habit of doing it. It's, it, it's a dual-edged sword because you, you build up almost like a, like a muscle memory of pulling your kicks, but, oh, okay. at, the same time, but at the same time, you, you, know, you don't want to hurt the other person or sometimes, especially if you go with like a newer person, um, you know, if, if you pick it up or you speed it up or, you know, you throw a little bit harder than you, you know, normally do. 
then they take the key, they take, or sorry, take the cue of, oh, okay, we're going to hit really hard or something like that, which I think you see a lot more with jiu-jitsu with like newer belts and stuff. And you get that classic, you know, spazzy white belt. Yeah. Um, uh, I apologize. You're going to probably hear some barking. My, um, my guard dog, who is four and a half pounds, just realized I'm home. <laughs> yeah. She's she's a feisty four and a half pound little rat. Is she is she like my two pound guard dog where he can smell me? He can smell my ass like a, a block away and start barking. She knows my car and I've tried to, you know, I won't hold or I won't, you know, press the the alarm on my car or I try to, you know, sneak in quiet. She as soon as I come in. Rah, 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 rah. Right, you're a little rat. You're a gremlin. <laughs> he reminds me of the uh, that dragon thing from Never Ending Story. Oh, uh, I forget his name. I know who you're talking about. I looked it up too because my friend's dog looks the same way. Um, right. But she she looks like the little dragon thing. She's all scruffy in the front. But we think we're big. <laughs> and then I'm. Um, house sitting this week so i have my friend's dog with me who is the big dog and she's part rottweiler and shepherd probably the real guard dog but she's just the big lover right she's the one that hey what's up you're breaking in the house cool <laughs> everything the 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 dragon dog uh the name is uh falcor by the way i had to look it yes up. yes yeah. I, I had to look it up i had to cheat so i couldn't remember i had fido in my head that was way off I was thinking something like, something like it sounded German or Elvish or something. Oh, that's kind of Falkor. It's kind of like a sounds German I've been, Irish. I've been talking about that movie a lot because my my friend's dog is kind of the same way. He's a um, a golden doodle and he's absolutely huge. And I'm like, I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid, like little little kid. Oh really? Oh, you should watch it again. I watched it with the kids like maybe a year ago or so. I need to rewatch it as an adult and fully appreciate it. Yes, you do. It's such a good movie. It's it holds up, I think. I love movies that have like uh, all the animatronics available in the yeah film. yeah because cause I don't you know I'm not a big fan of the uh, the what do you call it the the CG effects whatever some some of it is alright but it gets it's like I miss I miss the old days where I used to believe things were real because they use animatronics like. I used to believe Jurassic Park was a real freaking thing when I was a kid, <laughs> uh, because the way they the, the way they operated. Um, but yeah. Now everything's CG and it just looks like it's you could just tell it's animated. It's like okay. It, that's funny because like my, my a couple of my friends we were talking about the new Lion King movie, and a lot of people got really upset because the lions look so real with the CGI. Hmm. And other people were like, oh, I wish it was more cartoon. I'm like. I think it's awesome. It looks, you know, it's like a real lion. Their lips kind of move a little bit. Yeah. But it, it, I was the, probably one of the only ones in my friend group that who recently, you know, saw the new Lion King. And I was like, I, just, I don't like it. And I'm like, but they did such a good job. <laughs> like, this one looks real. And yeah. I had another friend who, who found, I forget what it was called, but they went back and they basically turned it more like a Pixar looking animation. Mm -hmm. And it just made it more cartoony. I'm like, I think that looks cheesy. Hmm. 
but I definitely like something that like like you're saying like the old Jurassic Park and and that stuff where it looked more real. Like I remember the the scene where the was it the Triceratops or something? It's about to give birth and he's like laying on it. It's breathing up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love shit like that. I um one of my I think one of my classic favorite movies. Uh, fuck, what's it called? Um, I love how I say it's my favorite. I forget the name. It's something with the the stone. It's what like puppets. It's like a puppet movie. Um, it, Netflix just came out with it. They re, re, uh, re I think they made a part two of it. I can't believe really it. It just like it's slipping my tongue right now. Something with a stone or something. I forget. Anyway. Uh, with, with, with Muppets or with puppets? Uh, with uh, puppets. <sighs> Damn it. I'm like, it's slipping in my head and I can't remember. The Dark Stone? What? I forgot. The Dark Crystal? Something like that. Yeah, The Dark Crystal. That's what it's called. See, I have Netflix, but I actually never watch any of the movies on there. Mm. I yeah. <laughs> almost solely use Netflix to watch Friends. Okay. I have that on repeat. Either Friends or The Office. Word. Because that, usually it, by the time... Go ahead. Usually by the time I get home, I'm ready to fall asleep. So I'm like, I don't want to start something new and then fall asleep and have to you know, constantly restart it. So I end up just putting something I've seen probably a thousand times. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you have to watch this, you have to watch that. I'm like, I'm too tired at night. <laughs> and then they think Saturday that I do. I usually just end up falling asleep again. Yeah. I, the, uh, what do you call it? The office is something that you, you mentioned friends and I was like, huh? And then I was thinking me, the office used to be my thing. I used to go watch all the time as well. So, so I, yeah. I, I recently got into the office. Um, one of my friends from work suggested it. Oh my and God. I started, <laughs> I started watching it. I was like, man, I can't get into it. And oh. finally, finally, I, I was like, you know, I'm going to get, because she's like, look, you just have to get past the first season. She goes, it's a little slow to start, but once you get into it, she's like, you're going to realize our workplace is the office. Mm. And I was like, okay, okay. So there was a day I was working from home and by working from home, I actually worked from my gym because we have the desk and everything in office there. So I usually go there and I have Netflix um, on in the office and I put the office on. And I just let it play in the background. I just like to have some sort of background noise. And finally, by the end of the workday, I was probably what, in episode, probably some point in like season two, I find myself start looking up and laughing. I was like, this stuff is gold. Yeah. And I, I, I could not stop. Yeah. I, I, I binge as much as I could for <laughs> myself, which takes a couple of weeks. Um, mm. But actually, you know, I actually did it over around like the 4th of July holiday. I typically work from home that week because our work is shut down. Um, so I have, I well, remote into my office desktop. So that's, that's where I ran through a lot of it is that week. And I was like, I love it. And it's so true. It was funny because we actually did, so they do a, the Harrisburg trip, or not here, Gettysburg trip to do like a team bonding thing. Mm -hmm. I watched that episode, no lie, probably about two days before my work took a trip to Gettysburg as a team building bonding thing. Wow. I was like, 
I couldn't have timed that better. And it was, it was like the same thing, like you're, they're talking about leadership and this, that, the other. And that was part of the purpose of us coming up to Gettysburg. And other than, you know, having some fun and do, because we do have, uh, we have two campuses um, that don't always get to um, really come together at one point. So we took um, some time over the holiday to, to get together and do some team building, bonding stuff. Um, and part of the trip was, was to Gettysburg. I was like, my friend is so right. You are <laughs> do, like the office. Yeah. Do you, like, do you, got, uh, well, so, so you mentioning that the, uh, that trip or whatever, did, did you like find yourself like referencing anything from the episode? I'm trying to remember the episode. I can't remember. I'm, I'm so shitty at remembering shit. So I have to like rewatch it and then I'll remember it again. No, because no, it was the friend that uh, told me to watch the office. She actually didn't make it to that um, that work outing. Oh, okay. Uh, because she she ended up she went away on vacation during the holidays, um, so I didn't get to make the references to her. But when she came back, I was like, "You do realize?" I'm like, "We we really are the office." <laughs> um, but I'm, I I also went to school. Um, for history so getting to see Gettysburg was just super cool and something I've always wanted to do so I got to nerd out as a history nerd and then make office jokes in my head hey at least you made yourself laugh of course I make myself (laughs) laugh daily I do the same shit (laughs) through through bad dad jokes and everything (laughs) work is full of those word uh, where are, do you mind, would you, what do you call it? You mind telling us where do you work exactly? Or is that like, yeah. okay. No, I can, um, so I work at a place called the Maritime Institute of Technology and Graduate Studies. Um, we call it my tags so of acronym for it. Um, we are a maritime training provider. So the people that go out on the big cargo ships, um, for example, Captain Phillips, which actually one of the ships that um, Captain Phillips is a member of our of our union. Mm. Um, we also, you know, train people who go on tugboats, on you know different size vessels. Um, we and we have two campuses, um, one in Baltimore. So I, I live in Delaware. I drive down to Baltimore. I also drive up to Philadelphia train. So my poor car, which I've had for less than six months already has like 20,000 miles on it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm the queen of driving. Um, actually, no, I, I unfortunately attract a lot of unfortunate accidents to my car. Um, oh, oh, really? Getting off topic on that, but uh, <laughs> we can go back around. But we also have another um, another campus in Seattle. Both are, are port cities. Um, and it having a campus on either side of the country allows to, you know to target different um, – different clientele and it also makes it easier for students who maybe they live on the west coast but they're they're a union member because our union is worldwide instead of having to come all the way to baltimore they can you know stop in at seattle instead um and we do all sorts of training from um you know how to fight fires first aid um, what to do for survival at sea, all the way to you know navigating by the stars, and some really advanced um, uh, courseware for students who either they walk in, they don't know anything about you know sailing and maritime. They come in, we can get them you know set up with a license, or for those who want to 
advance their license and become, you know, ship's captains and things like that. Um, we do a lot of other cool uh, research projects. We have the, uh, some of the largest simulators. I think even in the world, we have two, um, what they're, they're called full mission bridge, bridge simulators. Um, if you're familiar with any sort of um, flight aviation simulations like that, but for um, driving ships or tugboats and things. So uh, different shipping companies, tug companies, um, cruise lines will come in. They'll do research projects with our simulators instead of you know going out and using real life ships that are millions and millions of dollars and at the risk of damaging those, they can practice multiple runs and bring their whole team in um, and use our uh, simulator setup to do those projects. So we get a lot of different stuff. And then our East Coast campus, which is the one that's in Baltimore, um, also has a hotel on campus so the mariners that come in stay on campus where you know their instructor is there you can meet with them after hours everything is there they have a dining hall so it's it takes away a lot of the different stress and stuff of okay i have to i have to go find a hotel i have to go find dinner i have to go find breakfast everything is there um so we also host um conferences and like all sorts of conferences um um, with the other parts of our facilities, um, and it, there's all walks of life in, um, at different times. So you get sailors in there, you'll get, um, different, you know, church groups, union groups. Um, we've had different security conferences. It's just, um, all, you know, all sorts of things. So it's, it's a, I'm always learning in my job and what I do is I use my education background to um, help design courses. I'm not a mariner by any means. I'm still learning a lot about the maritime world, but I help get our courses approved at the Coast Guard um, with other governing bodies. Um, I help with professional development with our instructors. Um, and I kind of do a bunch of different odds and ends. My, my job description is pretty, pretty vague. Um, and it's left kind of vague just so I can kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, but I did not expect going from, you know, being a social studies teacher, uh, to maritime, but I'm really, really glad I did because I work with some really cool people. Um, the benefits of my job are great because I will get up super early, be about, I don't know, 75% of the really bad traffic mm. get into work about seven. And then I have a pretty flexible schedule where if I get in at seven, I work my hours and I can leave by, you know, three or so, or, you know, depending on, you know, you know, I get my work done, and, but I try to leave a little bit early so that I can beat the traffic or right. rush hour coming back. And then I can, I drive straight from work to my gym and then I teach there and, then when we're done teaching, we get into my own training, and then, then by that point, and getting home at ten ten thirty most nights, and repeat. Right. But, but I, I really would I wouldn't change a thing, except the drive. I would. <laughs> I wouldn't mind you know shortening that a little bit because it's round trip. It's up to three hours. Um, hmm. Wednesdays and Fridays I leave from Baltimore to go to Philly, and in the summertime I've had. Uh, I've had commutes from Baltimore to Philly on a Friday that have gone uh, almost four hours. Wow. Yeah. So 
I try to make sure I'm, I'm there for Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. Mm-hmm. So, at least, you know, I'm there for, you know, two and a half hours. So, I'm, you know, making the drive worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, let's go a little bit back before you got this job. That's a, that's a crazy fucking job, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, you have a really, I guess you have an important, you say you, you have a vague title because you do a lot of things, but is it at least important to the company as far as like everything you do? Or like, So my official title is instructional design coordinator. Okay. Uh, and, and it's kind of left vague because it's, it was, there was only one person in my position before me and the, the title was basically created for her. Um, they needed someone to work on the courses and there's just kind of some odds and ends on our academic side that we needed someone who either had a background in policy or education to lead that expertise. Um, so it's left a little bit vague so that we can add different responsibilities and things like that. Um, with the majority of, of them being designing courseware, updating courseware, um, like I'm also working on some projects to get us into eBooks and right moving our student manuals from um, variations of PowerPoints and things like that to making some cool interactive um, textbooks. Awesome. So I'm looking at things like that, um, different instructional resources. Um, so yeah, when we were doing uh, we because we're union, we have um, contracts and we go through contract negotiations um, every five years. And our uh, union representative, he was going through our different job descriptions and just, you know, checking in with everyone. Is there anything you want to change or tweak? And he comes up to me, he goes, I, I don't understand your job description. <laughs> I was like, it, you know, it's kind of written in, in a bit more of a general way so that we can add and as, um, you know, we grow and we advance, we can evolve my position, you know, the hope is to eventually take a, my position, turn it into even a department with a couple of people there. Um, Cause it's definitely, you know, there's definitely some days I could definitely use some extra help. Um, during, we have some busy seasons that um, next year set of hands would be, would be nice, but we're, you know, we're still growing. I'm still, I've been there for um, almost three years but there's still so much stuff I'm learning. And as I, you know, I'm, I'm working on different courses, I'm learning different things and I'm trying different things to, to make things work a little bit smoother or work a little bit better for instructors. And, you know, keeping that in mind on the instructional side, but also keeping courses and, and different things that we're doing compliant with um, the Coast Guard, with international standards. So there's a lot of stuff to, to really, um, take in when we're, when we're doing stuff sometimes we get a little little bit boxed in because of different regulations um but yeah so we we keep it we keep it kind of vague and kind of general but um i personally like it like that i, I was telling our union rep i'm like you know leave everything how it is i'm like that's what i signed on with and that's that's what i like right so that I, I get that option to you know i'm not boxed into my job description we can we can grow it we can change it we can you know evolve right that's crazy that's that's i think that's important with work like when you are able to continue to grow and learn within your job you know what i mean whatever you're doing like like, i absolutely agree like there's there's a rare day where i don't 
you know, learn something in the job. Like, even if, it, if it's, you know, it could be merit time specific. It could, you know, be more specific towards the education side. But it's, and I think that's what really drew me to that. Like, I love teaching. Um, I taught secondary education. So um, at the time before I had um, my current job, I was uh, a long-term substitute for my own high school. That was weird going back. And I actually had a couple of friends, younger brothers and sisters in my classes, um, which was so weird. Um, and I was teaching psychology and I was teaching a government and economics class to uh, juniors and seniors. And I will say this, juniors and seniors are, well, more so the juniors, because the seniors at that point were more or less checked out. Um, they're sharks, which they, uh, they kind of warned us about that high school kids tend to be like, you, you really can't, you, you, you can't lie to a high school kid. They're going to call you out on it. And um, so I went from, before that, I had some really awesome um, freshmen that I was teaching. They were so nice and they were this, the perfect class. I kind of got, I think, a little bit spoiled. And then I went back to my own high school and I was like, what happened? <laughs> and so it kind of, it kind of, kind of made me a little bit jaded. Um, so I was kind of like, well, not sure if I, you know, want to 100% pursue this, but I really like teaching. Right. So it kind of worked out nicely um, with me instructing at my gym. I still get to teach and I, you know, I teach all, you know, all levels of kids. I teach kids, you know, as young as three and four years old to adults who we had a, um, a woman who was almost 70 doing kickboxing and Muay Thai. Nice. Um, so working with all sorts of people, all, you know, walks of life. So I get my, my teaching fix there and I really, um, really appreciate my ed education background with working with, especially with kids being able to work with, you know, kids with different disabilities. And I love that martial arts can really help those types of kids where other sports may kind of box them out. Right. Um, so, you know, going, going from teaching to what I'm doing now, it, it, it ended up, I didn't really have to, you know, give up one thing because now I get to kind of teach what I want, how I want without the, you know, the constraints of the school. Mm -hmm. But then I get to, go work a cool job where I learn all sorts of stuff and work with some of the most <laughs> intelligent people I've ever met. And same thing with these guys, you, you can't BS with them either. So the, the school system to that, like I, you know, was a, was a good um, crossover because, you know, it, you know, you're not going to be able to pull anything off on these guys because they're, they're quick as a whip and, um, they're fun to work with because it, it's all, it's very family oriented too, which is cool. Like any, anytime I've had, you know, my sister is about to, um, have a, have a baby. So I've kind of let everyone know like, Hey, I might have to take a day off and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, that's fine. Like you work from home those days. Cause I, I'll be watching my, my um, my other nieces hmm. you know? and you know, holidays are a big thing, taking time with family, um, which is something I don't think I would have gotten in a school system um true it's, you know generally very good benefits and and taking care of um taking care of us but it's, it's a nice family i've never had a work where like mo you know 
99% of people get along with everyone and support everyone. Um, I've had a lot of my coworkers, you know, come watch my fights. Um, they've taken one of our, we have a couple of vans, um, and our executive director allowed them to take the van so they come, you know, drive up and watch me fight, which is really, really cool when everyone asks. And That's awesome. So I got, I got, I got very lucky with that because when I was, when I was interviewing, I was also checking out some teaching job fairs for some schools I really did not want to apply to, but they were kind of the only one. Social studies is <laughs> not the most open of <laughs> uh, subjects. Mm-hmm. So, so I was like, I, I really hope I get this job. I really hope I get this job, and I end up getting it. Um, I had uh, interviewed for it about two weeks before my um, long-term sub job ended. Found out a couple of days before the job ended. So then I had about two weeks where technically I was unemployed um, as I transitioned from teaching to instructional design, and I couldn't be happier. That's awesome. That's, that's great, man. I, it's just thinking about that because uh, teachers, they have such a fucking hard job and they get paid so little uh, in comparison. Yeah, like, like I have a friend who, um, I have a couple friends who, you know, went into teaching, um, you know, different, different subjects. And I know, and it's very um, different based on whatever state you go into. Pennsylvania right. generally is some, is some of the better pay. Um, Delaware is definitely on the low side. Um, and there's oh, a lot. Really? Of I had no oh, idea. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I know one girl, she teaches, uh, I think high school Spanish. Um, and her starting salary was just above like 30,000. Wow. Yeah. Um, when I was doing my long-term sub job, that was tough because as a substitute teacher, it, so I had a long-term sub job. But I was like, I think five days short of it actually technically being a long-term sub because you have to hit like 90 days or something like that. And I think I was like in the 80s. So because I didn't hit that 90-day mark, I didn't get paid like a long-term sub. So I got paid like a daily substitute, which is, I think, somewhere in the range of like $10 an hour. Wow. So I could... Bar- I used to bartend and serve when I was in college. I honestly could probably bartend and serve a weekend, and, and I was making double what I was as a long-term substitute um, with less hours, too, and less papers to grade. And the headaches, I'd, I'd say, were probably about the same. But, yeah, teachers get paid so little, um, and it takes a long time for you to even, you know, make the – you know, hit that mark of, you know, getting decent pay. You know, you're, you're teaching for 10 to 15 years at least. Um, the school district that I grew up in and, and did my long-term sub job in, the teachers who had been there a while did get paid pretty decently. Um, but again, they had to be there for a pretty long time. So that was also somewhat of a factor um, for not pursuing um, teaching because I, I you know I have bills to pay and at that time you know I have car payment student loans you know all sorts of stuff and it, it's a hard it was a hard decision but you know again I get to fall back I have martial arts and I get to teach martial arts with something that as much as I love history I'm 
a hundred times more passionate about teaching martial arts than I am history. I hear that. I love being, I love, I think I love being a student of history more than I love teaching it. And I love, I love designing the courses and writing lesson plans. Um, but trying to teach kids, Hey, economics is really cool and interesting. You have to really know your economics and, that wasn't necessarily a part that I, I specialized in. I was, you know, specializing in more American history. Mm-hmm. So that made it tough too. Um, you, you know, the more excitement you bring to a course or a lesson, the more excited and more interested, you know, the students are going to take from it. Um, so that, that was, that was, it was hard, but you know, in the end, everything, everything worked out, but you know, I, I have friends that I graduated with that, I know a couple of them are still doing different substitute teaching jobs because it's hard to get into different schools because yeah. they want, you know, they want to see a lot of experience or, or if, you know, there's other schools that it, it, you know, they want teachers, but it's so much more work than, than you're getting out of it. Right. Did you, um, when you, Okay, so I have to go back to when you were young. When did you start doing martial? When did when did you start training in martial arts? Sorry, this is like a little off topic, but I'm leading up to my question for that. So I didn't get started in martial arts until um, just before I turned twenty. Oh, okay. So I was still I was still, I was still nineteen at the time. Um, my best friend and I. She. So I went to school. Um, I stayed in state. I commuted to school. I went to Westchester University go golden rams um and she ended up going to school down in nashville so she would come home during the summers and during breaks and stuff um and we both did track and cross country um in high school and we were just looking for something a little bit different i i got into doing some marathons in college at um, at least my freshman sophomore year and i just finished um actually the last marathon i ever did was in my soft spring of my sophomore year of college. Um, and we were just looking for something different. She actually did karate as a kid. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I, I can, I can uh, take the blame for pulling her out of karate and into doing track and cross country. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now I can put the blame on her for bringing me into martial arts. Right. Um, and so we're like, let's do kickboxing. You know, hmm. it sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we had tried to do like something at the Y when we were in high school and we did one class and even, you know, two people who really didn't have martial arts experience were like, this is, this is not kickboxing. Like we want to know how to actually punch and kick people. Not one of these stations is a punching bag. The rest is, you know, exercise. Like I, w- I want to be tricked into doing exercise by punching and kicking people. Right, right. Um, so she was actually the one that found, um, fellow dragon martial arts. Um, oh, okay. I guess she, she, we looked at a couple of different places, um, like online, but we, at the time we just, we, I mean, either we didn't really know what we were looking for. Um, cause we didn't really know what, you know, what to look for, but she found our, found our gym and it was close. Um, from where we grew up is about, you know, 15, 20 minutes, depending, you know, which of our houses we left from. Um, cause we're, we, we grew up right next to the, you know, the Delaware, Pennsylvania state line. Um, so we, you know, she called, she left a message. Um, my now coach Sean called her back and, you know, gave us the times and stuff. And we went in and 
because I just ran a marathon, like, okay, warm up shouldn't be that bad. I end up having an asthma attack about five minutes in. Oh crap! Because because it's so much different. Because we we start off with a lot of um, kind of like a hit workout, okay. of a lot of like short drills and stuff to warm up and make sure the whole body's warm. Um, so I was def- definitely not prepared for that. Um, and then so that was in, I think the date was around June sixth. Is my my martial arts anniversary? I call it. <laughs> uh, Martial arts and then, <laughs> then we I'm taking it. I think I want to say by mid July ish, um, we started doing. There was an extra kind of strength twenty minute, thirty minute strength and conditioning class um, that my coach had the other fighters and a couple of the other guys doing after um, the kickboxing class on Saturdays. Right. So we're like, yeah. Yeah, you know, these two girls who have no clue what's going on. We're like, we're gonna do it, and we actually did pretty well. Um, once I got in shape, I I had a I have pretty good endurance and stamina, um, so we started doing these extra workouts. Um, and my coach knew that my friend wouldn't be, um, you know, coming back after the summer, but he was like, you know, you should fight. And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Um, cause I had always had kind of, when I was growing up, I was, I'm super quiet. I'm still quiet, but I was way, way, way more quiet. And I hate to use the word shy, but I guess introverted. Yeah. I was um, going to say that. Yeah. I'm more of a, and it's not because, you know, I'm afraid to speak up or anything. I'm just, I'm more of a listener. So unless I feel like I have something to contribute, I generally stay pretty quiet. Um, huh. so in high school, in high school, like I don't know why this thought you know came through my mind. I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I ever got in a fight. Not that like our school didn't really have that many fights. Um, it was usually just guys, and you know that typical like high school kid shoving match. Right. But I, was like, I wonder. I wonder how I would do in a fight. So my coach was like, "Yeah, you should fight." And I was like, "It was. It was just. It. It didn't take a whole lot of thought. It was just kind of like, yeah, okay." So then we started adding, we do uh, all kind of no-gi jiu-jitsu more, it's more a submission style. We don't do, I guess you call it sport jiu-jitsu. Our grappling is very much with that MMA emphasis on it. Um, we're not really working from guard because in MMA, someone can punch you from guard. Mm-hmm. So you know, we work a lot of top positions and stuff like that. Um, so we started, I started adding that in and um, <laughs> I coach Sean even said, he goes, I honestly didn't think you were going to stick around past the summer. He goes, I figured when Leanne, my friend who was going with me, left, he goes, I kind of figured you were going to go too. So, he's like, so I guess I, you know, surprised him then by, you know, when I found it, looking back, you know, I love to run. I love cross country. And I love track and all that. But martial arts just clicked. Right. I don't know how to describe it other than it clicks. It makes me happy. It, you know, I 100% say, you know, it saved my life kind of idea like it, it gave it gave me a lot um so fast forward so that was in the summer got started with that um guy i was dating at the time was is probably still uh kind of a loser <laughs> and i definitely chalk up a lot of even just you know the first couple months of martial arts giving me that confidence to be like i'm not happy you know gonna end this and move on 
Um, so I definitely chalk it up to that because I definitely think if I kind of continued down the road that I was on, would not be happy. Um, so then went through the, the got into the winter, had my first jiu-jitsu tournament about six months into doing jiu-jitsu. Looking back, absolutely awful. Um, <laughs> I, got, I think I got, I got third place in a, a group of three. Um, or a group of four <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I just, I got a girl jump. It was a grapplers quest, which shows how long ago, you know, that was too. Cause I haven't had grapplers quests in quite a few years. Um, traveled to Edison, New York, which I think is, or not New York, Edison, New Jersey, which is kind of close to New York. Ended up being in a snowstorm, had no clue, you know, really what was going on, but you know, I'm glad for that experience. Cause my coach was like, you need to do a jiu-jitsu tournament before you ever get in the ring with someone just cause you have to get used to, you know, going with someone you've never gone with before. Right. Um, so I ended up doing that. Um, and then that was December and then January, my coach was like, you, you should, uh, you should do traditional, which is our, it, it's a hybrid system. It has, um, the belts and everything and the kicks and the forms are all Taekwondo, but we add in jujitsu requirements. Um, we add in Aikido requirements. We have various self-defense and weapons requirements. So it's, we, he designed it to make it taking kind of the best of all the different arts that he's studied to make it more complete because he's in the belief and I'm in the belief of, you know, no one martial art is necessarily superior, mm-hmm. but certain aspects obviously are. So his goal was to make a, a system that, you know, was as ra- well-rounded as possible and as practical as possible for self-defense. Um, so he's like, you should do this, you know, learn, learn more of the breakdown of the kicks, learn, you know, because we, we go over a lot of stuff in, in, our, in our striking class, but it's more broken down. And I'm like, well, do I have to test? <laughs> I didn't want to get up in front of people and test. He's like, no, 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 you don't have to. Three weeks later, we do all of our testing last Saturday of the month. He's like, I'm like, I don't have to test, right? He goes, no, you're going to test. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't really end up having the option with that. Um, and honestly, I am very grateful because one of the, the way that we run our testing and the, and the reason we run the testing the way we do is to put you under pressure and under stress and make you perform under the stress and pressure to somewhat simulate how you're going to use these techniques in real life when you're under stress and pressure. Right. Right. So makes sense. You know, cause you have that moment sometimes of when you're under stress and you just forget. Yep. So you have to, you know, rely on that muscle memory. Um, and I've seen a lot of our students, they get, they just, they get stressed and they, they forget it for a second. And then after testing, you know, you know I've seen them in class, you know, practicing, like I know they know, they know it, but they you know, get stressed out. And that's, that's something that we let them know. It's normal. We want you to be stressed. We want you to be nervous. Cause, and I'm at the belief, if you're not nervous, you don't care. Right. Um, that's true. So, you know, I went, I went through all that and, you know, fast forward now and I just completed my second black belt testing. So we, in our system, um, you test for a probationary black belt and then you retest again for your first degree decided. So I go from having a plain black belt to having um, the first degree on it. And then in six months, I'll test for a second degree probationary. And then a year from that, I will test for my decided. And then basically um, your weight 
time is how, what more or less how, however many degrees you have. So at second degree, then I'll wait for two years until I get my third degree and a three and you know, so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, so I started as an adult and I, I wish I had started earlier and you know, the small world thing is before I was friends with my friend Leanne, who we ended up um, getting, you know, you know, becoming best friends in like seventh, eighth grade, um, actually eighth grade in sixth or seventh grade, my cousin who was homeschooled at the time, who's a couple years older than me, he was using karate as his gym credit at the gym that she was training at in karate. And I actually went in, my, my uncle took me in. I'm like, yeah, I want to learn karate. And then I forget what happened. I think I got back into horseback riding again. And that, you know, that went out of my mind, but it's it just kind of a small world. And then come to find out the instructor that she had growing up, my coach knows because he used to work at his brother's tattoo shop. Hmm. So, you know, talk about, you know, small world, is yeah. that, you know, everything was connected, but, but yeah, so I started just before I turned 20. Um, so later in life and, you know, wish I got into it earlier, but you know, no, you know, I was, you know, no major regrets there, but yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah that's, that's what led me in. And, um, then after that, I kind of picked up my coach's method of, you know, trying to pick up different things. So adding in gi jujitsu, um, which is the reason why I come up to Philly. Um, part of the reason we also come up to Philly is it, it's out of the range of competition, um, out of respect to my coach. Um, but I also want to be at a place where I know I'm going to get, you know, awesome instruction and things like that. Um, and adding in Muay Thai and, you know, eventually I'll probably try to pick up something else when I have the time. And yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. I was going to mention that, uh, I, I felt the same way, you know, uh, me starting jujitsu and Muay Thai at, uh, what, 28, it's almost two years. And, I always said the same thing where I'm like, damn, man, if I would have found this shit when I was fucking eight, nine, because I, 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 remember, I remember asking my mom, please put me in karate or put me in boxing, something. I, I wouldn't know how to defend myself. And uh, it was, you know, she never got a chance to do it. She didn't want me to do boxing because she didn't want me getting my face smashed in. My dad didn't. My dad was never around, but he didn't want to pay for karate because he, he he thought karate which is all full of crap uh, and I had no idea what jujitsu was of course until maybe three years ago four years ago yeah yeah but uh anyway I was gonna say that you know everything that you know that happened in your life pretty much led you to uh, to led you to where you are now with martial arts it, yeah absolutely yeah absolutely it would yeah so it's like it's like you wish but then again you don't wish because then it would be different if you had yeah, it before like, like i like i wish I, so I started sooner just so i could you know have you know more of that knowledge but at the same time the way that things fell into place i can't change that yeah exactly because I, you know you you one learning martial arts is amazing but you know you you meet different people that you know that's how we met you know, through martial arts. Yep. You know, you you meet so many people from yes. all sorts of backgrounds and all sorts of walks of life, and it's it, it, it's really it's amazing. It, it's it's so like because me as an introverted person, whatever, I'm more introverted than anything. 
Uh, I mean, I love to stay in the house. <laughs> I don't like yes. to, when I go outside. It's like only for like when I used to go out with friends just because I forced myself. But other than that, I want to stay in the fucking house. I want to do everything. Are you, are you one of those people that like if you have to go to like a party or something, by the time you come home, you're just super exhausted? Yes. yes. <laughs> like, I'm one those, like I've, I've told my friends before, like, don't count me in for a party for more than probably like two hours. Because one, I have to psych myself up. Not because I don't want to go see my friends. It could be a party of all my friends. But that stuff makes me tired. Yeah. And I get home and all I want to do is, you know, relax or, you know, read or, you know, do that stuff. Yeah. I, that's exactly how I feel. Like, I, when I, when I, like when I go to a concert, like I'm going to Tool uh, in two more weeks, I think, on the 17th or 18th to watch, uh, you know, I don't, I never go to concerts, but when I do... It's amazing. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go to another concert for another year. <laughs> I haven't been to a concert in so long. I think the last concert I saw was, I want to say like five years ago. Oh, wow. Five and a half. Um, yeah. And I saw, it was uh, Shinedown's Carnival of Madness tour. Mm -hmm. And so Shinedown, um, Seven Dust, In This Moment, and We As Humans. I think. Okay, yeah. Awesome concert. Shine Down, amazing live. I don't but know that band, sadly. You don't know Shine Down? I know Seven Dust and uh, the other one that you mentioned. Human, the, I forget what they were called, but I I seen those guys, but not yeah. Shine Down. Shine huh. Down's good. You probably actually recognize a couple of the songs. Maybe, maybe. They've gotten some like, they've gotten some you know on some you know various like crossover stations and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. But I'm, I'm pretty sure I know one song at least. I just I have yeah, to look you, it up. You, you probably know one at least. Um, but yeah, I hadn't. And I think before that, because I went through kind of a, uh, going through a couple of different concerts like in a row. Because I know before that I saw Hollywood Undead, which I saw that up at the uh, them up at the Chameleon Club in Lancaster, which is one of the smallest venues I've ever seen. But it's awesome because you're you know so close to the band. Right. But yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't been to a concert in a long time. Actually, the concerts I want to go to, I uh, I love all music. I my sparring and workout playlists are so you know yeah just makes all over the place. Um, but I really want to go to a country concert. Huh, that's cool. Like I sound like a <laughs> I sound like a super white girl saying that, but um, hey, to each your own. I, I mean, like, like I have I have country music on my sparring playlist. Um. But then I have, you know, some old school rap and then I have some metal and then, you know, yeah. have some, you know, throw some queen on there. Like, I, I'm all over the place. Uh, yeah, same here. I just don't have country. Uh, never, I don't probably know. I'm probably one of the few people that can work out to country. <laughs> I like, yeah, I like the uh, comedy country. Like, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a band called Pussifer. I think so. Yeah, it's with Maynard Maynard James Keenan. He has his own little yeah. shindig there. Uh, but Pussifer, yeah. he has like a little couple of little country songs in there. But it's like, uh, it's you know, it's comedy. He, he yeah, he, he says things like, that's like, like it makes it yeah. entertaining. So I listen to stuff like that, but uh, none of the other stuff that I try. I tried. I tried to because I I, I I like to be a lover of all music. But yeah, country I just I can't get into it. Just like other there's other music I can't get into either. Yeah. It's like 
I forget what they're called, but the, like today's music, I can't get into for shit. Yeah, like my um mumble like, rap and like, all that. Ra- like I like rap and hip hop and stuff. Like I'm generally like you know if it has a decent beat to it, if I can work out to it, a lot of it goes comes down to the rhythm of like you know sparring and stuff. Um, right. But like I was I. My nieces, I'm actually closer in age to uh, four of my nieces than I am to my sister. Um, so a couple of my nieces, they're, they're now in high school. And I had taken my one niece out to dinner for her birthday. And I was like, yeah, you know, pick the music or whatever. I have you know, Spotify on my phone. And she's just trying to rap. I'm like, I feel so old saying this, but what is this crap? I'm like, what do you listen to? I'm like, you can't even understand what they're saying. And their names are so... I don't like I I feel old. I was also cracking dad jokes at the table and I realized that I'm I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Yeah. Like, even now when I listen to like, you know, stations on the radio, I'm like, yeah, no. Let me let me put on some songs that, that I know. Yeah. I don't listen to anything on the radio other than ninety eight point one, which is oldies music. Yeah. And uh, Ben FM, which they play everything pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 li- I think part of, like I grew, I grew up with my dad listening to a lot of country, so he listens to a lot of like the older, like real slow stuff. Um, I like more of more of the newer stuff and like the uh, you call it like, the rockabilly stuff, where it has more of that rock influence to it. Right, right. Um, like southern rock. Um, so I think that's kind of where I got it from, and then. Uh, when I actually started my, my job, because I drive from Delaware to Maryland, um, the the car that I had um, previous, the, the radio was all screwed up on it. So it had really bad reception. But the only, <laughs> one of the only stations that I could get from, from my entire drive was the country station. Of course. And I think that's where I, I end up kind of falling more in love with country and getting, you know, more into like the newer stuff. And, and stay up to date on, on that. So I think that, that played a big influence. Um, that, you know, like my, like my dad, like I said, my dad's into it, but my brother and I both used it to hate when I would take his CDs growing up. My brother's five years older. Um, and I'm the youngest. So I was very much that, that annoying little sister. Hmm. Um, I would take like all of his rock CDs and I'd play the shit out of one song. He's like, I hate this song now because you keep playing it. So, but like, but we have, we have the same music taste. Right. Um, so like now, like, you know, like, Hey, did you hear this? And we, you know, pass it, you know, pass it back and forth now. Now, now we get along with each other now that we, you know, we don't live with each other anymore. Yeah. Uh, but that's how it works it, with humans. <laughs> no, I won't lie. As soon as he moved out, um, and then I was the only kid at home, we became like best friends. Yeah. So. And before we would always just fight and yell and that's so crazy. I, I can I can I can definitely uh, say he was the first person that you know I learned I could take a punch because like I was that annoying sister like we'd fight and uh, not like he would like beat me up or anything but yeah yeah you know play you know we'd rough house right and I can you know, confident say like probably explains a lot now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have a learning experience watching these kids grow. I have three kids that uh, they're all different ages, nine, four, and two. So it's gonna be a experience watching this one here. That's a friend of me. She's two. 
and she uh she's a pain in the ass so <laughs> she's, she's probably gonna be that annoying little sister ah, they're the best though they turn out to be the, well usually they turn out to be the best human beings yeah I'll, I'll take that one Hope, um hopefully she gets into jujitsu and muay thai or any kind of martial art That'd i try awesome. to get my nieces i have so um i have five going on six nieces from my sister um and then my brother just had a baby and his fiance has a daughter so I have, there's all girls in my family um two of my nieces used to train with me and I, I really wanted you know to get one of them into it more and it ended up just not you know working well with the schedule and stuff but i really hope my kids are into martial arts i think it might break my heart you know having to take them to like soccer or something <laughs> god forbid cheerleading yeah like I've, I've always been a tomboy and i will you know yeah you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of gymnastics and cheerleading not to not to knock on that but you know you know just poking fun right, but right, right, right i really really hope my kids are into martial arts like i kind of hope they come out with like some sort of ninja skill or ability to kick things like me but <laughs> yeah but yeah, you know, obviously I'm not gonna like force. Like I, I mean, I want my kids to know how to defend themselves, but I'm not gonna force them to pursue it. But I, I really, really, really hope <laughs> that you know maybe I can get them to grow up in the gym. Or I would love for that. That would be awesome, right? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, I play with my kids. You know, putting them in my guard or uh, grabbing my son and putting him, giving him an arm bar. <laughs> and watching him struggle and cry a little bit, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all good. Like I don't know if you follow um, Michelle Watterson on social media or anything yes. like that. Um, yeah. I think she she is such an awesome example of a martial artist mom. Um, so our gym is affiliated with um, Greg Jackson, not all of Jackson Wing, but Coach Greg's side. Mm -hmm. um, so I've gotten to meet Michelle. Um, the first time we went out to go train in Albuquerque when they were still at their old gym and her daughter, I think at the time was, she got, she had a only no more than two. Um, but she was there at the gym and all the fighters there, like while she was working out, you know, they were watching her, you know, playing with her, like when Michelle was getting her workout in and, you know, you can tell that she completely, you know, just grew up with that influence and she's always at you know michelle's fights and i love seeing them they both you know when michelle gets her hair cornrowed her daughter gets the same oh, that's um, cool. same hairstyle like i love it and i didn't know I, that there's like i have so much respect for michelle for being able to balance both you know being a mom and being a fighter because like i know for me i don't think i can do both because i'm very much you know i'm a single focus kind of a person right and i'm like man i'm tired now with you know working full-time and and training i'm like i can't imagine if i had a kid too like so like all the moms that out there that you know they train they compete and, uh, all the parents not just the moms but no i know um, I, I know what you mean but it's, it's cr like because like i've seen like my sister and my brother like you know they have kids and like they're tired all the time i'm tired all the time like i can't imagine yeah. <laughs> I, I a parent and and, and and getting full time training in and but yeah yeah it's, it's a hard crazy. it's a hard balance I'm sure but <laughs> I, I don't know if you've seen that documentary ESPN with her 
uh, Michelle Waterson training with her daughter, or not training with her daughter, but like tr- preparing to fight for. Uh, I think it was JJ check. Oh, but yeah, be. I've seen I've seen parts because she's done a couple of different. Um, like she did some shorter stuff. Yeah. Um, when she was transitioning from um, Invicta to the UFC. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I've seen some of her stuff and. It's it's so cool. Like there's so, there's a lot of um, a lot of women in, in the jujitsu community too. Um, uh, Karen Atunas, she um, I got to go to one of her seminars. So I'm part of the Josie Haishi group, which is a, a female brand um, jujitsu uh, jujitsu brand, excuse me. Um, and they do a, an all women's camp every summer. It's a two and a half day camp. And it's, you know, you get 16 hours of instructing from a, from female black belts. And Karen was there last year, but I, she, I could only come on Sunday and she taught Saturday. Um, and then this year she taught on Sunday and both years she's had her daughter with her and she actually taught a technique with her daughter on her hip huh. and did it flawlessly. Wow. And I, I think when her daughter was still really little, um, she was competing at some, it was one of the big, I, um, I BJJF tournaments mm-hmm. and like in between she was feeding her daughter and competing. And I'm like, that is so cool. And I, you know, hope, wish I can balance that, but just seeing her do the technique with her doing jujitsu with her daughter on her hip was so cool. Cool to see. That is cool. And someone caught it. They had it, got a really good picture of it, just doing, you know, just, was something working from side control or, or going into scar. I, don't, I can't remember what the technique was exactly, but just flawless. And we're all just sitting there like, wow. Yeah, you know? I, think, I think it's possible if you really, you know, dedicate yourself to doing it, if you're really passionate about the thing too. Yeah. And, um, you know, she even said, like, she's like, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I can pee. I have my daughter. And my daughter will come first. Because there, because there was a couple, there was a couple women there, like you know, like how do you balance it all? And but same thing, like her daughter grew up in their gym. Yeah. So that's, that seems to be the theme is get your kid to grow up in the gym with you, and you know, surround your surround yourself with you know people that you know support you and support your kids and. Pretty much. I think that's. I think that's important. I think having a gym that's a family is a really, really important thing. Yes. That's like true. I know, both you know at my gym in Delaware, like they're a huge family, and you know coming up to Philly and and being a part of that family as well. Like it's, I've been in other gyms where like you don't get that, and they're you know they're clicky, and mm-hmm. you just don't, you don't feel welcome. And you know we've had people come in to our gym before who, you know they don't fit because you know they're not you know the, not that you know. You know, you can't be an MMA fighter and, you know, not be, you know, part of the family or something, but there's people that just don't give off, you know, a positive, you know, vibe and, yeah. you know, we've, you know, parted ways with those people. Like, it's important. It's good. And it's good gym culture, too. Like, you don't want to have people that have issues. And, you know, sometimes you see that in, in other gyms where, you know, there's constant infighting and it's just not healthy. Nope. And it's not good business. No, it's not. It's going to just going to mess up the environment. Yeah, if people aren't happy, members aren't happy, like you're gonna lose business. So, like, you know, it's it's a you know, twofold thing. Like, you don't 
you don't want to have that bad vibe. You want to have a positive culture and then, you know, from the business side too. Yeah. That's why I love balance, man. This is, you know, it gives every time I go there, there's no like odd negative vibe when I'm there yeah. training. And, and, and what's cool about them is because, you know, they have multiple schools, but it doesn't matter. Like what, you know, you go to Northeast, you go to center city, you go to Fishtown. Everyone's cool. Yep. Like I've been into other jiu-jitsu schools where, you know, it's not like that. It's not like, it's not so welcoming. Yeah. Like they just, you know, they, they have, they have really good, um, really good culture with that. And I'm, and you know, I, I, I did gi at another place before moving to balance. And like, I was there for, I think like eight or nine months and it just, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good fit. Like I wasn't happy with it. Like I didn't feel like, uh, I didn't feel like I was part of the team mm-hmm. and I'm really glad I made the switch over to balance to do my, you know, to um, do my gi. And it's, it's also, you know, nice for me to be able to cross train there and, you know, train at my gym in Delaware and there's, you know, no issues where like a lot of, you know, other gyms have such an issue with you cross training. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a silly thing. And it's crazy. Cause like not to pick on Philly, but Philly's like weird about it. Really? How? Yeah. Oh, like wow. compared to like other places like I've been to, like, cause I have been, you know, very, very lucky with being able to, to, you know, travel and, and do martial arts at other places. But Philly's got like, I think it's because it's a small enough city. Everyone kind of knows each other. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 weird how the competition is between everyone. Hmm. Um, but I really like the balance is just, is open, and you know it's it's not an issue that you know I primarily train at one place and I you know I train up there a couple of days a week and it's you know I'm still part of you know both you know gym families, right? Other places and you know like you know you you don't train like I know um, just from going to like different seminars and stuff and talking to other people. And like, hey, like you know, you're always welcome, you know, down at my gym. Like, that's never been an issue, and my coach has always been welcoming of other people. You know, as long as you're not an animal, you know, and trying to go around and beat everyone up, like you're always welcome. (laughs) And they're always like, oh, I have to, I have to check with my coach and make sure that's okay. I'm like, why? (laughs) That is, I don't know. Like, I've, I guess I've been, I've been lucky being surrounded by coaches and instructors that have always been welcoming. That when people are like, oh, I have to, you know. And I was, you know, all, you know, always respect like the home team and, and yes. all that. But like, I just think it's weird when people like where coaches have, you know, told people, Oh no, you're not allowed to train there. Or they get mad that they train, you know, go and cross train. And my coach's belief is, you know, there's certain things like we can't do. So I'm going to, you know, he wants to make sure I'm well-rounded. So I go, you know, I go up to Philly and he, he makes sure that there's, I make, you know, I get the opportunity to go up there. Like, you know, obviously, you know, like this week and next week, he's away. So, you know, I'm, I'm covering the Wednesday classes, but otherwise like he makes sure like no matter what, you know, I can get up there Wednesday, Friday and Sunday. Right. Yeah. That's it. I don't, I don't have perspective with the Philly gyms because I've only honestly been training with balance. <laughs> um, I did go to another gym uh, to do a seminar just to, you know, cause I knew the guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to go into details too much, but it was just like, it was different for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I was like, huh. It gave me a little perspective. And I was like, I can imagine me trying all these other gyms out. And I was going to do that, but then I just got lazy. I was like, I love balance, so I'm just staying here. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they make it easy, you yeah. know? Yeah. And one of my friends who uh, – well, he actually he's one of my coach's best friends. He lives in Philly. And he drives down um, on weekends and trains with us. But he ended up getting back into jiu-jitsu and everything. And um, – and I convinced him to come to balance and he actually, he trains up at Northeast and one of my friends who um, used to train with us down in Delaware. Um, I don't know if you met uh, Nick. He hasn't been in for a little bit. He has a concussion partially. You can blame me for that. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, but he, Nick. He, he moved to Madison, Wisconsin, ended up getting transferred back here for work. And, you know, same thing. Like he joined, he joined balance and same thing. Like he, you know, he, he, he went through it. He did, he did, you know, he looked at other gyms and stuff like that um, just to make sure, like, he had the right fit. But he was like, honestly, there's, you know, no competition. Like, you know, that he was going to go to balance and, and stuff like that. And, and plus, he, he looked super close to it. Right. So that right. also an easy choice. But um, my one friend who, who turns up in Northeast, like, he's, he's been to a couple of different schools um, in Philly. And... Um, you know, so he's, he has a cool perspective of, you know, just different, being in different gyms. And um, myself, when I travel, I try to, you know, pop into different places. And, you know, you get, you know, you get, you can get a lot out of, you know, just intro class with someone or, you know, just doing a drop-in. But the cool thing is um, out in Seattle, um, there's a balance affiliate out there. So I try to drop wow. in there um once we got out in seattle um and it's so cool because it's it's the same vibe out there it is the same balance vibe um so i love going out, seeing them out there and there's a couple of familiar faces and i've popped in a couple of times they know me um now it's cool seeing their school grow too every time i go out there there's you know they're they're a younger school but now they're you know they're getting more colored belts and they're um just their class sizes are, you know, are, are doubling every single time I go out there. So it's cool to see that. And it's yeah. cool that, you know, they still have the same balance vibe. Huh. That's interesting. Just like they have a, they have a balance in Ireland. Yes. It, I want to go to that one so bad. I want, <laughs> I, me being Irish, I want to go back to, I, I've been to Ireland once, um, but I got sick while I was over there. I'm going to blame it on the rainy weather. All right. I didn't get to like really go out and, you know, see much of the country. But if I, ever get to go back i want to stop in it at uh balance ireland plus their their logo is super cool with the trinity symbol and yeah and the Jitsu symbol i'm like that's awesome yeah i really yeah. want one of their shirts um and they have i think they have one in south africa too you're going to south africa i'm not but there's a balance there's oh a really balance. i think so huh is uh the one at aruba is that a balance or is that balance affiliate I I think some sort of affiliate because they yeah. had a guy that just fought in the UFC. Because I remember Rick posting about it. Yeah, I saw that, and that's why I was like, Cause huh? Because he he, uh, he knocked out um, Andre Arvlowski, who he, makes me kind of sad because Arvlowski's such you know yeah more like they're you know one of the pioneers still. It's, it it hurts to see him get knocked out, but yeah, that quick same, too. But he got he got knocked out by a balance guy. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't get to see that fight. I, re I really wanted to watch that fight, and I missed it. But, 
he I saw the highlight and he just it was a clean drop and I was like, Ugh. Yeah, he stepped <laughs> in with a hook, right? Yeah, something like that. And it was yeah. just it was just clean and it was that typical heavyweight power, just one shot and dropped him. Yeah. It's a fortune. Yeah, because he's I mean he's still you know, he's still, you know, being one of the, the, the pioneers for MMA and everything. Like he's still kinda of, he's on my short list of, of favorite fighters, but that's uh so you are uh is I, I didn't know you were an amateur uh MMA fighter. Is that what is that the right way of putting it? Cuz I don't yes. know, I don't know anything yes. about that shit. But yeah, so I'm um, amateur. So the way it works, you know, you have amateur and professional. If you're amateur, you cannot get paid. Um Okay. So I I basically more or less with you know paying for training, paying for medicals and things like that, I pay to fight, so to speak. And for licensing, um, because you're amateur, um, you can make you know some commission off of like ticket sales, but that, that really depends on you know who you fight for, and, you, know, you know, like what promotion you fight for, and um, and all that. Um, so I'm amateur. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, everything goes through, and I get to fight in December. Um, but I am looking to, at some point in the soonest future um make that jump to professional that's something I, I definitely want to pursue um you know i don't want you know i don't necessarily want to go off and say um you know i want to i want ufc gold and you know i want to be the number one fighter i just want to see how far i can go I hear that's, that. that's that's more me that's you know i, I don't know for me I, I feel like it's bad juju to be like oh i'm gonna knock this person out or i'm gonna be the next ufc champ like all four speaking things into fruition mm-hmm but at the same time, at the same time, like I don't want to jinx myself, or I'm still slightly, I guess, superstitious about that. But you know, overall, you know, or simply put, I just want to see how far I can go at an elite level, or if I can make an elite level, you know, right. all that. And, and at that point, at a professional level, then then you start getting paid. Right. Um, you know, obviously, depending, you know, regional, how small you go, how big you go, that all varies. But I'm not looking for it for the money, but at least it aids in, you know, travel expenses and, and training costs and stuff. When you first started to get into martial arts, did you, did you think that you would be 4-0 in amateur MMA? I don't, I don't know. Like, not that you're I, not, you know, not 4-0 exactly, but did you know that you would be in, like, in MMA fighting for Donald Cerrone's fucking, uh, what do you call it, uh, the cowboy fight series. Yeah, the cowboy yeah, fight I, series. No, which is, like, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, like even like the first two years, like in my head, I was trained to fight, but looking back now, I kind of was just going through the motions. Um, I was still in college, so I think that kind of also played a part in it, because um, I was really busy with school, and you know, school at that point came first. Um, right. But we kind of hit a point about um, about three years ago, you know, if I really want to pursue this, we need to pull the trigger, really start fight training, um, you know, trying to figure out because, you know, we, we didn't really have the connections at the time of, you know, how do you find a fight? How, you know, who do you talk to? Like, so it, it kind of came down to, I started with a Google search looking up, you know, places to fight in Pennsylvania, you know, in the surrounding area. And then I found a couple of names and, 
just started messaging on Facebook and, and making those connections. And as you meet more people, you, you know, you know, you find people who have fought and you talk to them and, and that kind of a thing. Hmm. Um, but looking back, I guess in my head, like I, you know, not to be like cocky, like I, I felt like I was, you know, pretty solid in what I was doing, but you know, it's definitely like, I thought my jujitsu was pretty good, you know, six months in, and then I did a jujitsu tournament. I'm like, nope, nope, we got, we got a lot to work, you know, learning how to break a guard, learn how to, you know, deal with someone that jumps guard. Like it's, I definitely like, I, I always joke about, I'm like, I never have a perfect fight camp. If I have a perfect fight camp, I don't get to fight. And that example came back, uh, last spring. Um, there was some, they, uh, ended up having to change the fight date, um, two times and it ended up pushing it to the end of June, which with work and everything, I just, I wasn't able to do it. But at that point, and I was thinking it's like a week before that news hit, um, I'm like, damn, like this is a damn near perfect fight camp. Like my, my weight's good. Like my speed's good. We had really good sparring and then the fight didn't go through. Right. I always joke. Um, I, I always get sick at least once during a fight camp. I guess more so because I probably like run myself down. I don't sleep a lot. Um, and I usually end up with some sort of minor injury. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing, you know, that, that has ever um, caused me not to fight and knock on wood. Um, but it's something that, you know, end up having to take a couple of days off, you know, didn't plan for. Um, so there's always, you know, humbling experiences along the way that once you start feeling pretty good, you know, you meet someone better and, you know, I don't aim to be the best, but I aim to, you know, do my best. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I mean, when I first started, I didn't know who Cowboy was. Um, I actually learned about him through, you know, as I got into MMA and through um, our connection with Coach Jackson. Um, honestly, the first fighter I ever heard of or looked up was Ronda Rousey because my coach was like, yeah, there's this, there's this female fighter. She's, like, doing crazy stuff with arm bars. She's, you know, one, you know, six fights in a row by arm bar. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, so definitely wasn't on my radar um, really at all to – to be where I am, but you know, certain things fell in place. I had a lot of fights. I've had a lot of fights fall through and girls back out and fights not happen. And one of my friends, um, she's always said, you know, it's happening for a reason. You know, it's frustrating, but we got to trust the process that it's all happening for a reason. And, uh, and now I'm really, I'm really realizing why, um, that certain things have, you know, again, fallen into place. And, you know, I know, you know, the fight game isn't perfect, but I, I just, I feel like I'm, I'm racking up some pretty good karma mm-hmm. somewhere in the air. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, definitely not. Definitely a plan to, 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 you know, ha- I mean, obviously I, you know, wasn't planning to, you know, go out and lose and I don't plan to ever go out and lose. Um, but to, to have the record that I have, you know, and to fight for the, you know, the promotions and stuff that I fought for. I've been very lucky. You know, my second fight, I got to fight in a casino, which was really cool. Um, and then get to fight on Cowboy Cerrone's first card. Um, and to meet him and hang out with him and got to go out to his ranch last time we were in Albuquerque and play paintball with him, you know. 
Right. That I, that I never would have imagined. You know? That's that's badass right there. To, to play paintball with Cowboy Cerrone and his fight team and you know all you know the people that were out there you know training with him and get to train his gym and you know it's so cool and one of the things that he said to me is like I really hope you know you know you being out here and you know because it was just by chance that he he was home at the time we were up you know like on his side of the mountain in Albuquerque and he saw that I had tagged him in a post and he messaged me on Instagram um and he really doesn't you know you know you know he's you know keeps to himself and everything so it was really cool that we got to go out there for one but he was like i really hope you know this kind of gives you something for you to you know work for and see what you can get through you know through fights and stuff like that i'm like hell yeah i want you know bmf ranch east coast <laughs> somewhere in delaware i'm like i want a compound where you know i have and because he has a you know, like he has a farm like he has horses and he has a white buffalo and all sorts of animals and stuff i'm like oh, i want that i love animals yeah. I always wanted to have a farm ever since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. That'd um, be amazing. So I totally want, you know, something like that. I want to have like a cool compound where, you know, I have my training gym and my animals and, you know, my 20 million dogs that I plan to have. Right. So. Hey, it's whatever you put in. And I, you, I know I hear it all the time that you're a hard worker, like yeah. you're a hard trainer. And, you, and I, you know, you just spoke volumes to what you do. And it's like, holy shit, man. <laughs> having that perspective now is like yeah you definitely have something going on for you and like the the amount of momentum that you have for yourself to uh obtain everything that you can with mma and uh i really yeah. I, re- I don't know i really believe in you uh thank you, know, you. <laughs> yeah i really believe that you can do it it's it, it's weird like it's cool to hear that and I, i'm so appreciate appreciative to hear that like it's because it's something i never expected you right. know growing up you know mma wasn't on my radar fighting wasn't on my radar and like i was always you know like take like track or something like i was okay at it i wouldn't say i was particularly good but like i finally found something like i feel like i'm i'm good at Mm -hmm. we always like we always joke like in the gym like you know you suck train harder Hmm. like we you know jokingly saying it like we don't you know do it but like you know But, you know, like following, you know, that kind of idea, it's like I, you know, I grew up with parents that made me, you know, work hard. And I think they gave me a really good work ethic. And, um, you know, I found something that was worth working hard for. Right. So. Yeah, you're passionate about it. I mean, it's awesome that you found something that you're really passionate about over everything else that you have done. And it's driving you into this different path that's like so fucking challenging that a lot of people struggle with yeah, and it's it's kind of scary at the same time because it's like so i have you know i have my 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 work career and everything there's so much i can do with that and then on the other hand it's like i could do a lot with mma too right you know it's but it, it's all like we said like it's all about what you put into it yes but it's so like like i joke i'm like yeah one day when i'm a famous you know fighter blah 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 i'm like but who knows like you know you know i've had so many amazing opportunities that i've been absolutely blessed with you know you know come in and you know people that i've met and people i've gotten to train with and work with and talk to but it's like who knows like there's there's two paths and 
um, there's a, a fitness couple I, f- I follow on Instagram. Um, and they were, they were talking about like the startup. They have a bunch of businesses and they're so, so highly motivated. It's crazy. Like they were running through like kind of like their daily schedule. And I'm like, wow. And hmm. like, I thought I was busy. Right. Um, but it's so cool to like, to see, you know, you know, people that motivated and they were talking about like, um, you know, they, they both had, you know, other jobs before they, you know, pursued their, their passion. And they're like, you know, don't quit your, you know, your job now, unless like, you know, you're fully prepared and you have, you know, like six months saved up and everything like that. And like, and at the same time, like, I love my job. Like, I don't want to quit my job. I want to fight and do both. But like, what happens if I have to make a choice like that? That's the kind of stuff that like kind of scares me. Like it's a cool thing to think about, but it's kind of scary at the same time. Like, you know, one of my friends, my friend that does my strength and conditioning, he's like, well, at some point, like, you know, if you're not really pursued being a professional fighter, you probably can't have your regular job. I'm like, "Mm." I'm like, I've seen other fighters do it. It's again, like you said, you know, how much you want to put into it, like how much you want to hustle and do both. Right. Yeah. You, uh, you ever hear of, uh, I'm pretty sure you heard of Tim Ferriss, right? Everybody heard of him. Ah, the, the name sounds really familiar. Okay. Was- so look up his, I'm, I have to look it up for you so I don't get it messed up. There's a, there's a technique that he uses to, that I think it would be helpful for you since you're mentioning that, um, that it'll be challenging if you have to choose between your, you know, your full-time job and, and the MMA career. Um, let me look it up real fast while I'm talking about this. But basically, yeah, to try to explain it, he basically comes up with a, a way for you to a, a, ask yourself questions so that you are ready for it. So it's basically like you thinking of the worst-case scenario type of uh-huh. you know, situation so that you write it down. And then when that situation does come up, let's say you do have to end up making that choice between, you know, going for MMA or sticking to your full time job, you have to like answer all the questions that you can possible uh, on both sides. Okay, what are the pros of this side? What are the pros on that side? What are the cons? Blah blah. blah. So and- basically, doing it before you're put under the pressure of actually having to make that decision, so that, like you have a clear mind. Yes, yes. So that oh, and then you can go back. You can go back into that. And then, oh, okay, I wrote this down. I'm ready for this. So you're able, so instead of like stressing about it, you're able to go back into your notes and say, this is what I said here. And now I can just like make an easier decision or, uh, so yeah, yeah. That, that is probably something I should do. Cause like one of the other things that's been kind of looming is I want to, I want to go to grad school, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, well, if I go to grad school because my work will pay for it. But if they pay for it, then um, I, I have to, you know, definitely stay with them for for three years to pay it back. Um, which I mean, three. I mean, that's not a lot for, you know, for them paying for schooling. But I'm like, well, what if you know MMA and fighting takes off? And like, you know, do I do I you know pursue that? And then my other you know thought is like, okay, people do get hurt. So, you know, am I prepared for, say I get hurt, you know, I still, you know, obviously I have to, you know, pay for things, you know, until, you know, quote unquote retirement age, 
you know, what am I prepared? Like, would I be prepared to go back into the workforce? And like, part of me wants, you know, like my, my master's so I could do that without, right. you know, much of an issue. But at the same time, like, well, if I do things right, that, and you know, my job has some really awesome benefits and retirement stuff. And, uh, that's hard to walk away from and, uh, healthcare, which is really hard to walk away from. So there's, it's definitely been playing on my mind of, you know, you know, playing that what if game, but I'll definitely have to check, check his stuff out. Cause I think that, you know, definitely would be helpful. Yeah. I haven't done it myself yet, but I did write it down and cause I'm doing all these different types of things to find ways to improve myself, blah, blah, blah. It's a lot of self improvement that I've been working on, but that's one of the resources that I found. I'm a, uh, I'm, I have to like, when I, when we end this podcast, I'm a, I'll, I'll search it for you and then put it on the, uh, show notes and send it to you so that you can check it out cool and hopefully it'll work for you if it, if it uh if you ever have to deal with that and it's like it's like I, I want to but at the same time i don't want to <laughs> yeah it's something that exactly. you really yeah you have to face it eventually yeah um so uh, yeah we got it we, we went through a lot uh and we're gonna wrap it up so i definitely would like to have you on again so we can go over more things um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like especially like you, like your 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 process of being an MMA fighter and all that, like how you train and you know stuff like that. I, I have to, what do you call it? Um, think on it more. Yeah, me, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I'd love to. Like, like, like I said, you know, martial arts is my passion. And I don't think you can get me to really shut up about it without telling me, hey, you know, shut up. Uh, um, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, I, like I feel like I, I. I totally commandeered uh you know your show um but you know martial arts is my passion you know any anytime someone wants to talk to me about martial arts i am all for it and it's hard to stop talking about something that you love so much i hear you i'm the same fucking way i do the same thing i have to shut myself up though because I, I feel like I'm making a person uh walk away from me because i feel i really feel like i'm a, a salesperson with martial arts I, I get I, I do the same thing I'm like martial arts is great put all of your kids in martial arts martial arts is for everyone <laughs> yeah I do the same thing I don't know it's just I guess it's like when you when you when you see the benefits of it and you experience yeah. it you're like holy shit everyone's missing out I gotta tell people yeah. quick <laughs> it's like come come drink kool-aid yeah come drink this shit it's so good for you <laughs> <laughs> it's but it's funny because like it's funny because like all the different martial arts kind of like talk shit on each other and being part of, you know, being a mixed martial artist and being part of different ones. Like, I think it's really, you know, I think it's funny. Um, but it's like, at the same time, I'm like, you like, no, no, you, you should, you should come do martial arts. Like it totally help you. Like confidence here. We got it. Want to get in shape? Hey, we got it. Need basically a religion. It's, more or less that like i you know like i i see like I, it's so like to me i think it's it's so applicable and you know has helped me and outside of of martial arts has helped me greatly in, in my life and i don't think i'd be the person i like, i feel like a completely different person than than when before martial arts so right. i'm just gonna tell you drink the, the martial arts kool-aid <laughs> whatever it is you know jiu-jitsu muay thai karate just mm -hmm do something yeah put your kid into it 
Please, please do that. Stop doing soccer. Because I wish I was, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I wish I was into this shit. But anyway, hey, I'm here now, and I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have, and, like, so, and, I, and, 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 like, I did, like, other sports, too, but I'm like, yep, martial arts, that's that's yeah, for me. Martial arts over everything, you know, athletic, I mean, uh, physical, whatever, how you say it, like, physically-wise, physical-wise. Yeah. Just being able to fucking move my body in the ways that I never thought I could do, like being able to kick ahead, <laughs> or yeah, do a spinning back kick, or you know, just crazy shit like taekwondo kicks. Even though I train Muay Thai, I just I hit it, I hit the bag at home, and I'm able to do these things from watching other people. Like holy shit, I can't believe I could do this. I thought it was just all like something you had to practice for like 12 years to get to master. Which mastering is a whole different. Uh, a whole different thing. Um, I wanted to ask you before we wrap this up. I usually ask all my guests this question. Um, it's usually in the beginning, so now it's funny how I'm asking you all the way at the end. But uh, what is your philosophy of life in life? Oh, it's kind of a. You. It doesn't have to be something crazy. It's just whatever comes to mind to you. Whatever is your meaning of life or the way you look at life. Uh, just something to give away to the, the listener because uh, I'm a big fan of philosophy. I guess I'm trying to, to formulate a coherent sentence. Um, it's basically nothing is going to be given to you and if you want to really be happy with yourself and your life, you gotta work your ass off. Shit, and yeah. yeah. If you, if you don't work your ass off, you're, you know to to get what you want. Like I'm a big believer in you. I don't think things are handed to you. I think you know obviously certain things can be handed, and opportunities present, but ultimately, I'm gonna take this one a little bit from Jocko Willink and um, some of the things I've read from him. Is you, I I really believe his his idea of extreme ownership. Mm -hmm. um, great book, by the way. Um, and he has a follow up to that as well. Um, but you basically have to, you know, you got to work for things. And I think for you to truly be happy and feel like you're successful is you got to work hard, put that work in, and and you know, and not just you know work for the product but enjoy that process perfect that's, yeah so. yeah that's good that's good shit right there that's the first time i heard that one uh, the extreme ownership i do i haven't read that book but i have heard of it because i listened to his podcast as well super such a good book it's um it's him and, and life babin um extreme ownership uh i've read there or i've listened to i i like the the audiobook versions um dichotomy of leadership was another really good one and and and, and that really helped um applying that to work and to to my training and stuff but yeah definitely highly recommend that if you ever need a uh an audiobook or book to read i prefer audiobooks just because of, i use them for when i do cardio and when i drive and stuff so yeah i drive a lot for work so i, I prefer audiobooks myself Plus, they make cool explosion noises, and so <laughs> I, I like when the authors actually read stuff. So yeah, um, 
I like the way that I'm sorry we we're dragging this out, but uh, one more uh, what's his name? Um, David Goggins. I love his audiobook because yes. he yes, did, he did I, that that podcast style. That book was yeah slash audiobook was amazing. I'm trying to get my friend to, to to listen to it when she has time, but that I um I was listening to that uh, back in the spring during a fight camp, and like I said, I use it when I do cardio and. Oh my gosh, I, that book, I could not stop. Like that was the kind of book that even if I wasn't working out or in the car, I was listening to it. Right. And I love, I love following him on social media. He's just, yeah, he, he's fucking insane. I love him too though. He is. He's one hard motherfucker. Yes, he is. (laughs) All right. Um, yeah, so we're going to wrap it up. Um, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me and thanks for letting me, talk and talk and talk <laughs> yeah no yeah you, you did really good you know going over everything that it was like questions that i wanted to ask you and you pretty much answered them before i got to ask you ask you but hey <laughs> you did my job you know <laughs> <laughs> um and this is what this is about anyway is to you know my guest to uh to just talk about the things that give perspective to what you do you, you as an mma fighter you know what i mean you as a you know the hard worker that you are to to show everybody, you know, what you're doing in your life and how you're working towards your goals and, and not trying to, you know, you're not just getting shit handed to you pretty much. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't want to babble too much. Um, is there anything else you want to say? Any, do you want to share any, uh, social media? Do you want to, cause I know, I know you- um, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, social media, um, you can follow me at giraffe underscore MMA. I uh, changed it up because I go by back of the draft Evans because mm-hmm. I'm tall and awkward like a baby draft. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, or if you ever want to follow uh, Delaware Dragon MA on social media as well because I'm in control of that as well. So you see a lot of my personal, not my personal posts, but I post on there as well. Aye, aye. Cool stuff. Post. I love my kids, so I post a lot of my kids on there. Awesome. But yeah, th- thanks for having me and thanks for, I've had a great time talking to you and talking martial arts and you know life and all that good stuff <laughs> yeah and i had a, had a great time listening to everything that all your experiences and shit so it gave me great perspective to what you do in your life uh especially being a fan of like just your fights i, I watched only i think one of your fights just your highlights i didn't get because i can't <laughs> watch them but i was like man i, I, I really want to see what she does like i have to talk to her um i'm i'm mad every time i watch my own fights but i think you know that fuels me just to to keep improving but yeah um, you did i don't know i I saw the highlights i was like holy (laughs) shit (laughs) i was like fuck man because i'm a huge fan of mma and uh, just watching you i was like yo she's fucking she's she's going somewhere with that shit so i feel i feel um you know i'm more me any nowhere else than than in a cage because you can't you know pretend in there so yeah that's 100 (laughs) percent tall awkward yep becca having having fun <laughs> <laughs> all right becca uh till next time um you, yeah you pretty much gave your your handle your instagram and all that uh looking forward to talking to you again soon and uh thank you again for sharing everything that you uh shared on this podcast yeah for sure and uh i'll see you up on sunday i'll see you sunday <laughs> <laughs> all right later cool thanks
All right. I hope that was a fun episode for you guys. Uh, Becca, the giraffe, Evans. Uh, if you want to follow her on Instagram, you can follow her at giraffe underscore MMA. If you want to follow and support me, me being me, William, <laughs> you can go to Instagram and follow or, or was it? Yeah, you can follow me at Instagram at William knows nothing. You can also, if there, there's other social media platforms that I'm on to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, William knows nothing. Just look it up. I should be in there. I pretty much post motivational philosophy psychology you know post pretty much i try to do things that get people to think about shit and move forward uh the shit that i pretty much love and there's some there may be some picture pictures of my family here and there i try to really limit that because i don't like doing that anymore that won't the way i used to i used to be uh, just expose my whole family Everything that they do type shit. So I caught myself doing that. But nonetheless, I just try to motivate others the way I motivate myself, pretty much. Just give you tips and uh, practical uh, philosophies, techniques, whatever, that can help you benefit your life and whatever the fuck you want to do in your life. You want to do a podcast? Okay, well, get the fuck, do it. Look at me. Nothing special. I'm just fucking doing my thing. I'm learning as I'm doing this shit. I'm trying to get better at it. I'm tweaking, 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 tweaking. I'm always looking for improvement. There's always room for it, bitches. But yeah, just keep doing your thing, man. Whatever it is that you want to do. What are you? In, what are you on defense on? Why are you stopping yourself? How many bricks are you gonna keep layering, layering and layering and layering to prevent yourself from doing the things that you enjoy out of life? Break that shit, man. Stop it. Just. Stop layering those fucking bricks and get to work. It takes time, it takes practice, it takes a lot of training, whatever it is you're doing in your life. Uh, I would also like to just throw it out there that if you haven't trained in any kind of martial arts and you're, you were always curious, if you were like me, a kung fu, <laughs> a kung fu, uh, whatever. I loved kung fu films, basically. And I loved everything, like fighting. I love, I loved everything in movies that were like so fucking fun to watch. So if you're looking for something practical, like self defense, discipline, uh, you're looking for anything in regards to helping yourself grow as a person, challenge yourself. You can fucking seriously try jujitsu or muay thai. That's what I train in, and that's what helped me. Just it helped me, I should say. It didn't, oh, it did everything. No, it just helped me. It helped me see things in myself that I didn't know I, 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 I didn't know I was capable of doing. I didn't realize it. On top of that, of course, there's, there's other shit that I, that helped me got, you know, get to this position, you know, me having a baby, me getting married, me having other kids with my wife or raising other kids, I should say. Um, a lot of things, a lot of changes, a lot of, uh, growth that, I just started to gain perspective, gain the wisdom, gain the confidence, everything, man. Everything just started to improve. And I'm sorry that I'm fucking, this outro is like longer than I wanted to, but I, I just started to roll with it. So yeah, man, uh, jujitsu and Muay Thai, try that shit. Give it, give it, give it a class, give a class a try. Any of them, whether you, if you don't like grappling, you don't want to touch anybody, 
I'm too scared to touch people. It's fine. No judgment. You can do Muay Thai. You could just hit pads. And if you don't want to hit pads because you're scared of, you know, you're getting scared of getting hurt in your head, you want to do something safe and all that, even though both martial arts, they're kind of safe, but kind of not because you can still get hurt if you're not careful, if you don't take care of your body and your nutritional health and all that. Yeah, you can try jujitsu. Either way, I do both. I love both. I think that they go hand in hand together. And martial arts is just a big part of my life. And I, I'm just doing my best to encourage other people to try it. Just to try it, people. And if you don't want to do martial arts, fine. That's okay. Go to yoga class then. Go to any other class that's out there. I don't give a fuck. A spin class. A kettlebell lifting class. A cross... cross. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about CrossFit. But whatever it is that you want to do that you have curiosity in, in regards to moving your fucking body, do it improve at it get good at it then you'll see something within yourself that you did not see and then you'll start to unfold the value in life in general and then you'll start to get better at whatever it is that whatever there's so many other things you can get better at that you'll realize holy shit if i can do this i can do that and i can do this and then you, you then you here you are you're motivated right to do all these things because you you begin to understand a lot more than you did before it comes with motion. It comes with us moving things, moving towards the things that we have an interest in, that we really appreciate, that the things that we value the most out of life. And this is why I always say, value motherfucking life and value motherfucking time. All right. And with that being said, <laughs> of course, I said this before, said this a million times. I am William and I know nothing. Peace, guys. Peace.